Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, reacting to Toronto Raptors 112-106 loss to the Boston Celtics. Riker, it's always tough to lose to the Celtics, but there are certainly some positives to take away from this game where we're a day removed or a night removed is a better way to put it. But, you know, the Raptors took a tough loss, but looking at Siakam, looking at Kyle Lowry playing this game, there was definitely some good things to take away from it. It's... Sure, definitely some good things to take away. I'm going to start with the more surprising things, Ben, the more surprising stats, because looking mm-hmm. at this game, down the stretch, it seemed like the Boston Celtics were able to score when they wanted to, for the most part. Mm-hmm. They were able to yeah. take control of the game. The Raptors, there was a few contributing factors to why the game slipped, because for the most part, it was back and forth, tit for tat, the whole game, right? We'll break that down. Yep. But the Raptors, 47% from the field compared to the Boston's 38. They shot 16% better from three. They out-assisted them a lot. I mean, it's when you have those kinds of stat lines in comparison to the other team, usually you're winning. I think turnovers is a big yep. uh, big factor. And then also Gasol and our bigs, we shot almost 20 points less in the paint, and I think that that's another big reason for the loss. So I just want to get those stats out before we break it down. But, Ben, you can bring us into the good stuff to, to get the, the mood up here. Yeah, well, you brought up a point in this game because the Boston Celtics are a team that don't have bigs. And that's why a lot of teams are kind of writing them off and, you know, why we just made our video and we put pretty confidently put the Toronto Raptors ahead of the Boston Celtics in predictions and how the season's going to go along. And I think we're both in agreement that hasn't changed after this game. But, you know, Marc Gasol particularly didn't take advantage of being the center against, a you know, a big list Boston Celtics. And with Ennis Cantor out, it, he looked a bit shell-shocked and the Celtics killed us in the paint. And we saw Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry really take advantage from the outside. We're going to get into that in a second. But I, I was kind of... I was kind of bewildered by what Gasol especially was doing down the stretch. He was settling for these kind of fadeaway leaning shots, and we know he's a veteran. We're we're hoping he's going to bounce back. We're we're hoping this isn't age and attrition getting the best of Gasol quickly compared to where he was last year. But before before we get into Siakam, what happened to Marc Gasol in these first two games? And Nick Nurse has a quote saying Marc Gasol will probably drop 20 next game and he'll be fine, which I, I'm a believer. I don't think Gasol's completely over the hill, but... It's tough not to react to these first two duds that he's dropped at the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, Ben, it's a real shocker to me as well. This, And especially because both teams that we've played now really have no formidable elite defender as a big. right? Neither the Pelicans yep. nor the Boston Celtics. So this should be easy pickings for Marc Gasol. Mm-hmm. Now, he has a B-type personality on offense, it seems, and we can extend that back into the... Since he's been, since on, he's the been on the Toronto Raptors, right? And that's yeah. why I was excited moving into this season, because of his play for Spain in the summer. But mm-hmm. it hasn't panned out positively the way that I expected that it would. And the, I'm looking at Marc Gasol thinking, we even did post-up move training way back in the day where you take two dribbles... You'd fake up, you're, you're taking your step backwards as if you're going to do a fadeaway towards the post, and then you step through and finish your yep. shot. Marcus if you have five or six inches on the next person defending you, g- take mm-hmm. your fake. You know, it's obviously it's nice to take a fadeaway jumper and make it, but if you haven't made any in a game, fake and, and try to get a, a bank shot, a layup, a contested shot, get get onto the free throw line. It's I'm just surprised that as an elite player that Marcus has been throughout his career that he's struggling to find his offense this much. Yeah, certainly. And a big like that, you mentioned it, especially when the... Because he has a nice mid-range jump shot. He has a nice three when he's going. And we saw that in the playoffs. We saw it with the Raptors. We saw it in Spain over the summer. But 
when when it's not going down, you got to be aggressive. And that's something Marcus All has done in the grit and grind era. So hopefully he'll bounce back, and I'm sure he will. We're not going to overreact to two games, but we're going to break down some positives from this one. And the start of this game for Pascal Siakam, he got two early fouls. He looked like he was struggling a little bit, but. You know, once once the wheels got rolling, Pascal Siakam, I think he, he turned into Steph Curry. Some people were comparing him to Danny Green. He caught fire with these dribble pull-up threes. And, Riker, I don't care that we lost this game. If Pascal Siakam is knocking down dribble pull-up threes and, you know, can get to the rim like he does and d- does all the Pascal Siakam things, the Raptors are going to be pretty tough to stop all season. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw a good breakdown video two days ago after the Pelicans win, Mm -hmm. of what Pascal Siakam will need to do moving forward this season. Because if he's putting up 30-point games consistently, he's going to get a lot of attention Mm -hmm. on defense. And then he's going to have a a whole new possibilities open up in terms of he's going to have to swing the ball and the offense will move. I I just love what I'm seeing so far. Like I said, two seasons ago, I wouldn't expect that he's able to do this consistently. But he's on a good path right now, and that's really promising. Yeah, when, just watching him in the game, and this is what you need out of your star player because we've had you know stars in the past like Demar and even Kyle Lowry stretches. They're they're out here. They're the best player on the Raptors, but they don't really force their will on the game night in night out. And that's what's that's the difference between a star and a superstar. Last year with Kawhi Leonard, whenever the Raptors needed a bucket, he came in and he got us that bucket. That's why we ended up winning the championship. That's why we took over. And not to say Demar and Lowry haven't done that in the past and other Raptors figureheads, you know, top tier guys, but. The superstars do it night in, night out, and these first two games from Pascal, he's looking, he's hitting the shots when we need them to. Unfortunately, it didn't translate into a win tonight, largely due to some other factors, and we'll we'll break the, we'll continue that as the pod goes along. But his timing, he's looking like a superstar out there, looking like a guy that could be a max contract player with 33 points, eight rebounds, five of seven from three. I, I'm happy with this deal. I'm happy with what I've seen from him so far. I, I think he's proving the the doubters wrong about that max contract that he received. Absolutely, and I like what you said. He is a superstar because he's constantly putting pressure on the defenders, and mm-hmm. the reason yep. that he's set apart from Droz and Kyle Lowry because he's able to get points from a post up, points from a drive. Mid-range yeah, pull if he's open, and now he's extending it to three. And that sort of pressure, mm-hmm. being an all-around player, we just haven't had from that many players in the history of the Toronto Raptors. And surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly for some, Siakam is showing that he's able to score from all places. And then keeping defenders on their toes, that's what makes him a superstar player. I, I definitely agree with that, Ben. Yeah, and he has to continue it, obviously. Two games is a very small sample size. Just We're just talking about from what we've seen at the beginning of this year. So that's a positive takeaway. But one guy that, you know, has arguably been the stars, arguably the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time, he came out and balled out last night as well. Kyle Lowry, 29 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 6 of 10 from the 3-point line, 11 of 18. You know, we're, we were talking about Kyle Lowry's stardom, especially in the past with the Toronto Raptors in terms of getting buckets. Well, he looked like 2016 Kyle Lowry out there last night. Yeah, Ben, but... Tell me, do you think it's sustainable? We all know that Kyle Lowry is maybe one of the most inconsistent players on the Toronto Raptors. Does this? What does this game mean to you? In terms of scoring? Yeah. No, that's exactly... Yeah, he's, Three-point he's, shooting specifically, yeah. if you want to say it that way. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I don't know if the he's going to be dropping 30 points per night, but Kyle has made it known he's going to be more aggressive this season and try and get more buckets, create more scoring opportunities. But you're not, you know, you're going to take 10 threes. You're not going to be able to shoot 60% every night. You know, even Steph Curry can't do that, and he's the greatest shooter of all time. So I don't expect 
Kyle Lowry to come out here and be trailblazing the NBA in terms of three-point shooting and relative to what he's done in the past. But I do expect a greater scoring input from Kyle this season. He had 20-plus points last game. He had 29 la- uh, last night against Boston. So I think we're going to see a more scoring-oriented Kyle, and that's something we can consistently expect. But I don't expect maybe as efficiently or as effective as we saw tonight. No. But the thing is, once Kyle Lowry dips below 40% shooting, then I, I start to question whether or not you want the offense to flow through him anyways. That's That's my, been my biggest problem with Kyle Lowry, is that he has some nights where he bursts onto the scene plus 50% shooting, and then some nights where he's down 35% and less, and the shot selection that he's taking, to me, just seems like there would have been a better option, option had they passed it around a little bit. So I, I'm... I'm a bit, I'm a big back and forth player in terms of supporting Lowry, mm-hmm. so I, I need to see him play a few games more consistently before I'm on the Lowry train. That, that's fair, but I and I, I definitely agree with you in terms of his scoring, into his shooting, and all that. I I don't get too confident in Kyle Lowry shooting, but to say that you don't want the offense running through him. Lowry's the best facilitator we've ever had in Raptors history. The way he just gets the team going on offense and defense, creates for other people. I think he's still that guy. He's still that star player in terms of all that sort of stuff, whether the jump shot's going in consistently or not. You know, th- that remains to be seen throughout the season. Great to see him have some scoring input. And I think for the, the last couple positives from this game, before we talk about a couple other things, OG Ananobi and Serge Ibaka. You know, two, Serge Ibaka's more, you know, he shot 100% from the field, 13 points, 8 rebounds. I would have liked to have seen him get more run, especially down the stretch of this one. You know, he really impressed me. And OG, you know, he went 4 for 5 from the field, got 8 rebounds, 9 points. You know, he felt he, he was dealing with foul trouble, but he played close to 40 minutes. You know, his defense and his rebounding this year specifically has been tremendously improved because he's an athletic guy that should be getting boards. And it's something was oddly he never really applied to through through his first two seasons he wasn't really out there getting a lot of rebounds despite his athleticism and his grind and his grit but this year the first two games the preseason games we've seen him go after the ball a bit more he looks a lot more comfortable out there you know what are your thoughts on just those two guys looking on the court looking comfortable yeah i mean tonight they could have taken more shots Serge Ibaka went 100 percent from the field og ananobi four for five so it, it comes, and this is what we're going to swing into with, I don't suspect that Fred is going to have as tragic of a game again tonight mm. as he did last night. But Marcus All, I don't want to give 10 shots to Marcus All if we're taking away from guys that are actually shooting, you know, well on offense. Or maybe we don't want yeah. him in the starting lineup. Um, so I, I think it's good that we have the OGs and the Surges playing well for a night. But if we want them to be, play consistently well... OG needs to take more than five jumpers, right, or five layups, So, however he got his baskets, right? It was a little bit of both tonight, yep. but he needs to be getting up enough shots that he can become a 16-point-per-game player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's 100% certain. When the guys are rolling, you got to give them the ball a bit more. And obviously, OG's not really a shot creator, so it's tougher to you know juice up his field goals relative to someone, a guy like Siakam or even Serge Ibaka. Serge is a guy that I really want to see shoot more. And we've seen Serge dominate the Celtics in the past and teams without bigs. And I know he had the worst plus-minus of the game. And oddly enough, Marcus All had the highest one. But plus-minus isn't always the greatest indicator of who played well. But Serge was getting the ball underneath the rim. You know, he knocked down a three. He was When when he's confident, you got to keep feeding him. you got to keep giving him the rock. And I know Nick Nurse is probably trying to get Gasol to shake off the rust from the season. And he's probably... Well, maybe the opposite of Russ. He's probably a little bit worn out playing FIBA, playing into deep June. But, 
you know, you gotta you gotta roll with the hot hands. Give Serge Ibaka the the ball when he's cooking like that. Anyways, before we before we go too long, we're gonna swing it straight into the segments. Riker, we still haven't officially named the the play of the day. We saw some great uh, recommendations in the comment section, so keep keep them coming. You know, keep upvoting what do you guys think should, is the best play of the day name, and we'll get that animation out to you guys soon. But for right now, it's called the play of the day. Do you have any in mind, Riker? The full court lob. If we're, I have yeah. I have also in mind some of my favorites, but we'll reserve them for a win when we get more views on a podcast to announce <laughs> what the uh, the title of the segment will be named. But my favorite play of the mm-hmm. game, it was late fourth quarter, full court connection from Kyle Lowry to Pascal Siakam finishing on Nally Ben. Yeah, no, that was that's definitely I think the one everyone had in mind. That was an exciting play, you know. But not all plays can be the play of the day, and some just make you say, "Oh, geez." And tonight, OG's play of the day. For me, it's got to go to those weird, odd m- shots Marcus Hall was putting up in the fourth quarter. And particularly to throw one out there, uh, the drive that he made, and he just got absolutely swatted by Jalen Brown. And, you know, Jalen Brown, he the Celtics got a lot of flack for giving him a max contract or all the money that they did. But he came out tonight and really showed that maybe... Not that he's a max player, but he certainly played well. Yeah, Jalen Brown's not a max player. The, we can even talk about this for half a second. I agree, Marcus All was a, yep. a, a dummy out in the fourth quarter last night, so he can get that award easy peasy. He could he could get the Gold Star Award too <laughs> if he wanted. But I mean, I was looking into it. The reason that you everybody was maxing out their players when you start paying guys like Buddy Heald ninety million dollars and you start maxing out all the young talent. Mm. This upcoming free agency is not good. It's not very strong. You know, there's Andre yeah. Drummond. There's a, a couple of players you're not going to max out because they're, they're not going to change your team really significantly. You're not going to build a team around them. So to be a player or to mm-hmm. be a team that loses one of your better players to the free agency because as soon as a Jalen Brown gets on the market, he's probably going to be the best player in the upcoming uh, free yep. agency. You just don't want to be a team that looks like an idiot because you were scratching your head and not maxing them out so it was kind of an awkward position so i don't think that they really believe he's a max player that's just the situation that they were in but ben the final the one the only the gold star award for worst performance of the night i i I just said it it could could have went to marcus all easily but perhaps you have somebody else or some other thing in mind yeah we've kind of refrained from talking about him tonight but fred van vliet we're so high on him this season. We're expecting him to do great things, and we know he has that. He's dealing with that ankle issue that came from the first game that slowed him down. Uh, his 34-point performance in the the first game of the season, and apparently he's feeling a bit bit off. I, I heard rumors about that on Twitter. I, have no, I don't know if that's specific, but he only, he had eight points last night, six assists, five rebounds. Not a bad box score, but four turnovers. He was two for 11 from the field and didn't take over like we needed. The Raptors needed him to do because. You know, we have Siakam going off. Tonight we had Lowry going off. With Marcus All struggling and no one really stepping up off the bench, we need that other creator. We need that other guy that can get you a bucket. And that's what's expected of Fred Van Vliet right now. And we don't have a, a guy off the bench that we can really count on to go in there and, and give us consistent production. You know, Norman Powell, that would be the ideal player. And he didn't play bad seven points, but only took three shots. But Fred Van Vliet is the guy we expect to come in and be that you know, number two option on the Toronto Raptors in terms of scoring, and didn't really provide last night. In my yeah, opinion. no, I'm I'm in agreement with you there, Ben. Yeah, certainly. But let's know what you guys think. It's a tough loss for the Toronto Raptors, but that's how it goes. It's an A2 game season. I I don't think we'll ever lose to the Celtics again. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> as a fan, because I I don't I don't want to see us take another L. But let's know what you guys think. You're the best to make it so far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Any last words, Riker? Right me, Ben. Cheers.